Welcome to The Receptive Life. We're learning how to fight against the unholy trinity, to defend ourselves with the promises that come from the person and the work of Jesus, but also learning how to receive all of the gifts that can only come from the hands of the triune God. And so we're in this weekly practice, uh, the station where we speak about the Lord's Prayer. So on Wednesdays, we can spend uh, some moments uh, just meditating upon the, the great gifts that come from God himself in the words of the Lord's Prayer. Again, he gives us the very words to pray, the way to pray with a command, but also an invitation, a promise that when we pray these petitions, they're heard, they're heard by God himself. He honors this prayer and uh, he helps us fight, fight against the unholy trinity, devil, world, and our own sinful flesh. So we're in the us petitions. Right, So it begins with certainty and confidence, our Father who art in heaven. We then pray the thy petitions, thy name, uh, that God's name would be holy, that his kingdom would come, that his will would be done. And now we speak about uh, our needs. Uh, Give us this day our daily bread. And in this petition, we talk about the, the forgiveness of sins. So justice, well, justice, you can define it as you get what you deserve. Mercy, you could maybe define that as you don't get what you deserve. Grace, grace is you get what you don't deserve. So this petition, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, really uh, focuses on this idea of um, justice, mercy, and grace. Now, the triune God is the perfect lawgiver. We've learned about that in the Ten Commandments. But the comfort that we have is that we have a brother, our brother, the Lord Jesus, the second person of the Trinity. God himself takes on human flesh and keeps the law perfectly for us. You could speak of that uh, about his active obedience, perfect on our behalf. We who are uh, breaking God's law, rebellious, transgressing it. Uh, Now our sins then are placed on the perfect one, the pure spotless Lamb of God. And he goes, bears those sins on our behalf, takes death's wage. The sin of, uh, you know, the wages of sin is death. God's punishment, God's wrath for that sin at the cross. Defeats all of the enemies, sin, death, and the devil by rising on the third day. And now he rules and reigns. So we're comforted that we have this brother and the great exchange occurs. Second Corinthians 5, verse 21. For him who knew no sin, he made to be sin on our behalf, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So Jesus, who knew no sin, was made to be sin on our behalf, so that then we might become the righteousness of God. So we receive this righteousness, this work of God through the gift of the forgiveness of sins, the Holy Spirit delivering, offering, distributing the finished work of Jesus to us. The little catechism, Martin Luther says these words, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Well, what does this mean? Answer, we pray in this petition that our Father in heaven would not look upon our sins nor deny such petitions on account of them. For we are worthy of none of the things for which we pray, neither have we deserved them, but but that he would grant them all to us by grace, 
for we daily sin much, and indeed deserve nothing but punishment, so will we verily on our part also heartily forgive and also readily do good to those who sin against us. So the forgiveness of sins, this is the the chief gift, the great gift uh, that God himself continually offers to us uh, through the gospel. So you can think about the triune God. One God, three distinct persons, but one salvation plan. Always the forgiveness of sins, redeeming his world, recreating it. How? Well, the Father, you could say, is the author of the plan of salvation. He sends the Son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. John three, sixteen. So the Father, you could say, is the author of the plan of salvation. The Son is the one who accomplishes uh, the plan of salvation or acquires this salvation on our behalf. The Father doesn't die for us. The Holy Spirit doesn't die for us. The Son is the one who takes on human flesh, bears our sin, dies for it, rises on the third day. It's the Holy Spirit then who takes the finished work of Jesus and applies it to us or delivers it to us, offers it to us through uh, the word of God, the gospel and the sacraments. So we uh, treat this forgiveness of sins in uh, two ways. Martin Luther says in his writing against the heavenly prophets, he says, we treat of the forgiveness of sins in two ways. First, how it is achieved and won. Second, how it is distributed and given to us. He says, Christ has achieved it on the cross. It is true, but he has not distributed or given it on the cross. He has not won it in the supper or sacrament. There he has distributed and given it through the word, as also in the gospel where it is preached. He has won it uh, once for all on the cross. But the the distribution takes place continuously before and after, from the beginning to the end of the world. For inasmuch as he had determined once to achieve it, it made no difference to him whether he distributed it before or after through his word as easily as can easily be proved from Scripture. So uh, there's this difference between how salvation is acquired or accomplished and how it is applied and given. And that's the work of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ who has accomplished it, the work of the Holy Spirit who offers it, delivers it, uh, applies it to us in the Word and the sacrament. So the devil, the world, our own sinful flesh, they are ever active. They they never rest. But the good news is that the triune God daily and richly forgives. So we sin in countless ways, many ways, in thought, word, and deed. But how gracious the triune God is that he daily and richly forgives us our sins in Jesus. So we see this activity the chief gift of the forgiveness of sins offered to us, given to us, in the meaning to the third article of the Apostles' Creed. And Luther, in his small little catechism, writes these words. What does this mean? He says, well, I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Ghost has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, 
sanctified and kept me in the true faith, even as he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth, and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith, in which Christian church he forgives daily and richly all sins to me and all believers, and at the last day will raise up me and all the dead, and will give to me and all believers in Christ everlasting life. This is most certainly true. So this this prayer, again, God knows what our need is, right? So he has buried within this prayer really um, the gifts, all gifts needed. Um, Pray, forgive us our trespasses. Pray, give us this day our daily bread. Pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And when we pray, we call upon him in the day of trouble. There's this invitation with the promise that God meets us at the other end of it. He's the one who gives the daily bread. He's the one who is abundant in the forgiveness of sins. He's the one who protects us and delivers us from the evil one. So we're given these very words to pray, short little petitions, and we're given the very way to pray as well. So you could summarize it again. Psalm chapter 50, verse 15. Call, call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me.